May 28 was the date we all wanted to hear. Uh, Chris Lawrence, West Tigers veteran. We now know it's a 20-round competition. It must have been a relief uh, when you heard how long the season would be. Yeah, I think it was just a relief that, um, you know, some details are coming through about when we can start. Obviously, that May 28th um, date was put out there a couple of weeks ago and um, you know, everyone was hopeful that we, you know, could get back and start by that point. And, um, but to sort of now get more details and, and know that it's, you know, coming closer and, and it's close to a realisation is pretty exciting. And to be honest, I think um, all players, fans and everyone involved with the game um, probably didn't care how many games we're going to be played as long as footy got back. So you're on 242 career games. Uh, you only need eight to get to 250. So if you had have ended the season without any footy, I bet personally you would have thought, oh, geez, that's a bummer. Yeah, well, eight weeks is a long time. I mean, eight weeks ago, I think we're still playing footy. So uh, eight, eight games or eight weeks is a long time. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, that was probably not one thing I was thinking about. And when we first um, finished up, I think the initial realisation that, you know, potentially... Um, that we not, might not get back on the field this year and all that hard work in the pre-season might have been for nothing. But, um, you know, the, the more the sort of weeks went on and obviously uh, it um, started progressing and more hopeful getting back to, to getting on the field. So it um, became, became more a realisation. You're in the category of players that uh, may finish up at the end of this year or don't, don't have a contract. So did you fear that you may have played your last NRL game uh, when all the talk, you know, when this all broke and there was talk that we might not have any more footy this year? Yeah, look, I don't think I would say I feared playing my last NRL game. I think um, you know, a lot of what I've learned over the last 12 months is things change very quickly. And, um, you know, there's a point in time just over 12 months ago where I didn't think I'd get back on the field, to be honest, um, after my injury. So to get back from that, get back on the field and then, um, you know, secure another year and at least play a couple of games at the start of the year, I'd sort of come to the realisation, you know, that I was content with whatever happened because... Um, Anything, you know, for me getting back after my injury was a bonus. Um, so, and I sort of knew from my experiences last year how, how things change quickly within the space of 12 months. And, you know, again, how, how quickly things change in the space of, you know, two or three months. So, so this year is your 15th uh, year at a professional level uh, with the West Tigers. Uh, they put out a great promo video last night. So if you weren't already missing footy, uh, did that make you miss it even more? Oh, I think everyone who's involved in rugby league watched that and um, just, I think, missed footy uh, about everything it brings as a player, as a fan. Um, you know, everyone is involved in the game. It just, um, it means so much to so many people and um, it brings a, a community to, uh, together. Not only each individual club has their own community, but the, the entire rugby league community bands together. Um, so, so I think it's, it's made everyone realise just how much we, we have missed it uh, and everyone's eager for it to, to get back and started. How have your motivation levels been? Because, uh, as I said, you've been around the game for a long time. You know, you could think, oh, you know, I might have the day off here. I've been doing it for so long. Um, how have you been able to maintain that motivation? Um, well, I think the motivation, uh, initially, probably the, the first couple of weeks um, was hard for me, sort of time-wise. I, I was pretty heavily you know, involved with the, the Players Association as a delegate for the Tigers in discussions around some of the worst case scenarios and financial modelling and things like that. Um, so that was obviously taking a bit of time in that first initial week. And you know, the initial, um, I think, thoughts were um, that there wasn't a really good chance that we we're going to come back and play this year. So um, once after that, that sort of initial couple of weeks where there was you know, hope and, and light in the tunnel that we were going to get back this year. The motivation is there because you want to get back and play and you know that if you don't put in the work, 
um, that you're going to be behind the eight ball whenever that may be, you know, whether it was May 28 or, or, or longer down the track. Um, you don't want to be the person that's letting the team down. And I know for myself um, and, and at the Tigers, there's competition for spots in every position. So, um, you know, you don't want to give anyone an opportunity. You want to make sure that you're doing everything you can um, as an athlete to um, do your best for the team. And the only way to do that is to not cut any corners, be disciplined. So um, I think the best way to do that, I found, was to get up really early, just have a strict routine with that um, because it, it is easy, you know, to get up and, you know, to be a bit tired and, and not want to, do the you know the training, um, the weights or, or the running by yourself that the, the, the trainers have set because you know the tough sessions um, when you're doing it as a team, but let, let, let alone doing it by yourself. So it's just about trying to get up and be disciplined to do it, knowing that um, if you don't do it, then whenever you do come back, it, it may cost you your spot in the team. You are one of the RLPA uh, delegates for the West Tigers. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen some players over the last couple of days or media reports about them um, breaking the isolation rules for everybody, regardless of whether they're footy players or not. Is it, is it disappointing because you know how much work has gone into getting the game back for May 28 to see um, those kind of stories and players not following the rules? Oh, look, again, not wanting to sort of comment on, you know, um, everything that sort of those guys over the last couple of days have gone through. Um, then, yeah, again, I don't think there was any malice or intent from what they've done. And obviously, um, they've made a mistake based on, you know, the guidelines that have, you know, set down by you know, the state government, all the rules that we've got to abide by. And um, not only as a society, but, you know, there's pretty strict um, regulations of rules that us as players are, um, have had to abide by um, in the previous few weeks and going forward, we'll have to abide by um, in order for the competition to come back. It's, it's important that we do um, stick by them because um, we don't want to risk jeopardising the, you know, the competition being shut down again because, you know, as I mentioned before, it means so much to a lot of people, everyone, every player wants to get back and play. Every um, fan member, um, sponsor wants to get back and, and, and see the game up and running uh, to watch. Um, but I think more importantly, you know, it's an income for so many people, players, um, coaching staff, administration, it provides an income. So with, uh, without any um, games on, um, there's, there's no guarantee that income. So I think that's going to be the driving motivator uh, for, for players to really stick by these guidelines. Um, because again, once that, um, that season starts, we've got to make sure it keeps going. Not only are you a footy player uh, at NRL level, a RLPA delegate, you're a dad and you're also a business owner. So is it fair to say you've been busier than ever over the last month? Yeah, I've actually have. It's, it's funny. I've um, speaking to you know, the younger players and, and keeping in touch with you know, as many of the obviously the team as you can um, through this time and certain players who might not have any kids or might not be pursuing anything outside of footy and talking about how bored they are and I sit back and think um, some days I wish I, I had nothing on my plate but I'm probably not the type of person that would handle having nothing to do uh, very well but yeah it's that it has been busy I've, I've loved having spending a lot more time um, at home you know, with my daughter it, it's been really good seeing her grow up um, she's in a, at an age where she's um, definitely finding her voice um, and she, she's very energetic so she's um, definitely wears um, both myself and my wife out and and yeah, as I said having a business as well that that um, initial few weeks of lockdown was tough for the business like all small businesses you know trying to um, recoup and, and and obviously taking a big hit and, and trying to find ways to adjust and adapt to um, stay afloat uh, to be honest and and then from that and being able to adjust and um, adapt to the situation has actually provided, you know, some opportunities, um, you know, within that space, which is 
um, then it actually created um, some more work and, and um, uh, allowed us to, uh, I suppose, get busier, which is a good thing. But as you said, it's, it's been a busy time. So um, I've, been, I've enjoyed it because, um, again, as I said, I'm at the back end of my career, um, whether that's, you know, this year or whenever it might, might be. So it gives me uh, a taste of real life. Before we speak about uh, the things that you've come up with in this time on a business front, your, your business one wellbeing is heavily linked to the NRL. A lot of uh, current and former players um, complete their Cert 3 and 4 um, certificates in, uh, was it PT, um, through your business. Um, how, many, how many players are involved? I, I interviewed Jack Johns the other week and he said oh, he, he's used this time to complete uh, some of that work. Yeah, so doing the Cert 3 and 4 and uh, fitness, um, helping athletes you know, and to deliver um, that course. And we've actually just um, added another course on scope this year as well, the Cert 4 and youth work, which a, a lot of boys have, um, have started to take up and it's been really popular amongst the boys. So, yeah, look, I, I love, I've really got a passion for that side of things. I'm someone who's always studied and always had something outside of footy. And I really believe that's helped me get through my career uh, take my mind off things, um, you know, when you're inside the pressure cooker and the bubble of rugby league and, again, dealing with different adversities that I've had to face um, through a number of injuries, I've found it's really helped me. So I'm a big advocate um, to help players um, with that. And I think it's been good for players during this time. Um, you know, I think we've had, we've got about 40 or, 40 or 50 players signed up um, through all sort of three of the courses um, at this point in time. And um, you know, it's obviously there it was a lot of uncertainty uh, at the start. Um, you, know, you know, players uh, at all ends of the spectrum. Some players, you know, who aren't earning great money with the uncertainty of whether they could afford to do the course. So um, that was, you know, as a small business a decision that both you know Leon and myself had to make to to make sure that you know whatever was the case, we just had, I didn't want to let any of the players down um, during this time. You know, we'd find a way. Um, somehow to get them through the course because I, I knew how important it was during tough times that they had something to focus on. Um, and I'm glad that we have got most of the guys continuing through the course and they're loving it. And, you know, we, we've done this for a long time now and, um, you know, done research reports around that to, to find out how it best to structure uh, education for athletes so it's enjoyable, fun, and they can get a good um, positive experience out of it. So, um, you know, hopefully all players who would go through, um, you know, the one will be in courses would talk highly of it. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they would. Uh, you mentioned uh, some of the things you're, you've been exploring. Um, you're giving back uh, during this time. So tomorrow, which is uh, Thursday, April uh, 30, uh, it's, uh, you're running the Thriving from a Distance Seminar. Tell us uh, about that and, and what the end goal is there. Yeah, so a bit of background about that. Um, you know, f from the business one, we obviously work with athletes, but also have a corporate performance arm. So we run um, performance mindset and resilience workshops, um, presentations and courses. And um, obviously prior to COVID-19, that was, you know, face-to-face, -face, some online via Zoom, which, which was handy. The fact that obviously once everything got shut down, um, you know, we still kept some business. But um, then it just, we were approached by a lot of companies asking us, um, you know, to help their employees with some educational resources uh, around their mindset and resilience. And, um, I'd been known Michael Crossland, um, who's an inspirational sort of um, speaker, author, and you know, one of the great human beings. Don't spend your life trying to compare your cards to other people because their cards are better than yours. You can still win the game if you play them effectively. He had a, uh, a quite a lengthy speaking tour booked um, in the US, which obviously got canned, and we were talking about. How, how to try and um, help and assist people through this time. So we started developing Thriving from a Distance program. 
um, actually had some success, had a number of clients um, take on our services. And, uh, but then a lot of businesses, essentially like a lot of people with so much uncertainty, um, couldn't afford um, you know, to really go and, and be spending when um, people were, were getting laid off and, and made redundant. So we thought because given the time, you know, we're to try and provide a framework to help people out. So um, we thought, well, there's a lot of people that are asking for this, let's put on a free event to, um, you know, provide a bit of insight into our stories and some of the strategies and things that helped us overcome our adversities and and um, create, you know, the five-step blueprint um, to responding to adversity. That has worked for us. Um, and hopefully some of those steps and some of those things can resonate with people um, that are going through tough times at the moment. Um, and I suppose the end goal is just to help people and make an impact because everyone's going through different um, challenges at the moment, uh, whether it's work, family life, whatever it may be. So if we can help provide, um, I suppose, a bit of a framework and some assistance of how they can get this through this time so that when it is, you know, all over and when we get back to normal, um, you know, they've got the right mindset to really excel through that. Um, and if people can say that we've helped them in some way, then that's, that, that'd be the, the end goal for us. Every challenge and setback is preparing you for a moment that hasn't happened yet. There was a time where I thought it was all done and dusted. I was written off by everyone. You've faced a fair bit of adversity um, throughout your career, dislocated hip, you've had broken jaws, busted ankles, shoulders. Um, the, the, the most horrific was obviously the, the facial injury you suffered last year. How do you feel being able to give back? You must get a kick out of it, being able to give back to people uh, who look up to you as an inspiration. Yeah, I definitely do. It's, it's something that I do really enjoy. Um, you sometimes forget, you know, as an athlete, how much, you know, people do look up to you and, um, you know, the way you act, the things you say, um, you know, people really take on board. And I think it's, you know, someone who has never always loved um, the attention that, you know, has come with being a professional athlete. I've started to realise that I need to embrace that more and um, because a lot of people, um, you know, do take, you know, a lot of benefit from some of the things I had to say or, you know, how I've come back from certain injuries or the way I act. So, um, you know, I really do get a kick of, out of being able to help people, inspire people and, you know, empower them in their own sense to um, really overcome some of the challenges they might be facing. And it might not be sporting injuries, it might be anything, things they're going through in their life. But, um, you know, if I've unfortunately had to go through the experience of, you know, those adversities. So if I can help people fast track them through some of their challenges, then, um, you know, really get a kick out of that. Okay, so the most important uh, element to this, uh, where do I register if I want to be, uh, be a part of tomorrow's seminar? Yeah, so you can go on my social, any of my social media channels, the, the, the links on there, um, you can go on the, the One More Being um, uh, website, so www.onemorebeing.com.au, but best way to get in contact um, would be on all my social channels uh, to have a link to register for the event there. And I'm sure you'll be a good bloke and, and post this link uh, wherever you post this as well. <laughs> sure thing, yeah. Well, I have to now. It's out there on the public record. 12.15 uh, to 12.45pm uh, uh, tomorrow, which is Thursday, Thursday, April 30. Um, good luck with everything, mate. Uh, you're doing great stuff. Uh, thanks for your time. We can't wait to see you back in action for the uh, Mighty West Tigers. Thanks, mate. Thanks.